Thanks for joining us for Welcome New Life's Sermon of the Week, where it's all good news. To stay up to date on all of our weekly services and events, please visit us at wnla.church. Please enjoy this week's sermon. We hope it encourages you. Listen, you better get excited, because we're about to get transformed by the Word of God. And I'll tell you, today, today may be a little bit different because, uh, again, the Lord called an audible on me this week, and we're going in a completely different direction than I had originally planned. Uh, today was supposed to be our last day of the Unsung Heroes series, uh, and, uh, and I, I kind of had it all pieced together, spent time this week with the Lord, had, had something uh, all pretty much planned out and flushed out, uh, but it just kept, it was falling flat. Now listen. I know when the Holy Spirit's on something, and I know when it's falling flat, and so I'm like, Lord, this isn't making sense, but, I, but you know, stubborn Andy, you keep trying to fight through it, but, but eventually, I, you know, I got to the point in my prep time, I'm like, you know what, and I took, I took my, my computer, and I set it aside, and I'm like, okay, the, the Holy Spirit's not on this right now, and so I don't know what you're doing, and I'm a little scared, because this is the day I have to prep. And, uh, and, and I'm busy this week, and so I don't know, Lord, but, but I don't want to just preach a message uh, that, that I'm making up. I need, I need your word. And so I set it aside, um, and, and then on Friday, I came back, and I was spending time with the Lord, and I can't tell you, he overwhelmed me in his presence with, with something. Um, and... <laughs> It was so good. It, it was, it's something I don't, I don't know that I can fully adequately explain to you. And so I'm trying to endeavor to explain something to us today that I don't know if I have the words for. But it's about the depth of God's love for us. And, and in, the, in, the, in the moment, I'm, I'm, in, I'm praying, I'm in, and I was overwhelmed with his, his love for me. I was just absolutely ravished by, by the love of God. And I couldn't just say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord. It's like, you remember those of you, uh, when you were so in love, you know that moment? Like, I would do anything, right? I would, I would drive across the state at any time just to be with you. I, I, this is the overwhelming sense I was feeling of the Lord. Uh, I remember my, my cousin Brad, this story just, I was so impressed with him. But his, his now wife, they've been married for 20 years now, but, uh, but when they were dating, she broke up with him because she needed, she needed some time. She just wasn't so sure how things were going. He was heartbroken. And she went on this trip to Hawaii with her friends. And, uh, and he, was so, oh, he was so in love with her, he had to, he had to do something. And so he, he called her friend, and he, he flew himself to Hawaii without telling his, this, this girl. He, uh, he, he, knew, he found out where they were going to be on the beach. He swam out into the ocean, and he comes swimming into the shore. And he comes up on the shore, and he says, I swam all the way from Washington because I love you so much. And, of course, she, what is she going to say? It worked. They've been married for 20 years. Uh, but this is, this is, like, we have to come to hyperbole to even express the, what love is, right? Because I can't even tell you how I feel about my wife. I can't explain that love to you, which is why our songs about love are all, I would, I would, I would swim an ocean. I would do, I would do whatever. I would, I would lift the world on my back. These are the songs we will write because we can't really describe love in that way. And I'm in my time with the Lord and my devotion, and, and I'm just overwhelmed because he's, he's, this is how he's feeling about me. 
This is, and I'm, I can't even explain it. And my, my heart was for him. And, 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 and it, I mean, it was beautiful. I could just stay there all day. But then, he, then I felt very clearly, he's like, Andy, tell my people how much I love them. And I'm, I'm like, God, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Plus, I'm here to end our series this week. And I just, honestly, like, the top five times the Lord's spoken to me, I just feel him say, tell my people how much I love them. And I'm like, God, I don't know how. And I'm like, you're going to have to confirm this in me. You're going you're to have to confirm this, like, because I've literally almost written the whole sermon, and I'm just here today to flesh it out. I'm not, I'm not really wanting to start over from, from scratch. And like, you're going to have to confirm it in your word today, because the Lord loves to confirm his word to us, right? Now, I didn't, I, what I did not do was then go do a word search for love. I didn't go to 1 Corinthians. I didn't go to John 3.16. Like, and you're going to have to confirm it with where I am in the scripture in my Bible reading plan. And I happen to be in the books of prophecy, which can be a little bit of a bog down. Like, there's a lot of death and destruction and doom and gloom in the books of prophecy. And I'm in, I'm, I'm in the books of prophecy. I'm like, Lord, you're going to... And listen, I just want to say this as an aside. The Lord can have blessing through your scheduled times of faith. Some of you need to be free to understand that. Some of us went, oh, I'm a free, I'm a Pentecostal. The Lord will just do his thing. Woo! And the Lord's like, why don't you set time aside and schedule time for me? And he'll speak to you in your scheduled time. Like, that's okay. And then we love it when he interrupts us as well. But it's okay to schedule faith into your life as a discipline. All right, so there I am. And, I, and so I'm in the book of Isaiah. And I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you about the love of God based on the book of Isaiah. Amen. These five chapters poured out to me like a love letter written to me. And, and, and I'm like, okay, God, I threw my, my, my other message aside. This is clearly what you want to say. In fact, the, the, very, the, the title of the first chapter, I was supposed to read chapter 54 through uh, 57. Chapter 54, the title is, Your Husband is Your Maker. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And I just laughed. We're going to read in the book of Isaiah today. And please know that, again, I don't think I can adequately put words to the love of God, but my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. Because I believe th there's a reason he wants you to know this. There's some folks here today that need to know the depth of the love of God for you because you haven't been understanding it. You, don't you haven't been believing it. You haven't been feeling it. And today, the Lord, if nothing else, the Lord would just say to you, I desperately love you. I desperately love you. I would swim from, this, from, the, from Washington to Hawaii for you. Like, this is the love that he wants to speak to you. And if you'll listen and say, yes, the Holy Spirit is going to confirm this in you. So we need, but we need to respond to that. We need to say yes to that love. It's like he's saying, will you marry me? Will you marry me? And you're like, we've seen those videos, right, where people, they, will you marry me? And the lady's like, I don't know, right? It requires a response. When the Lord says he loves you, what are you going to say back? Yes, Lord. 
Take that step. Respond to the Lord today by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm just, I want to pray one more time before we get into this. Because this, this is the prophetic books of the Bible. And, 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 and the Lord's going to speak to you through it. Father, reveal to us your love through Jesus Christ as we turn to your word. In his name we pray. Amen. So, just so you know, I, I have several chapters that I want to read to you, and so I obviously can't read them all verbatim. I'm going to read them in chunks. We'll skip, we'll skip to different portions, but, uh, but I want to I read to you, uh, and they'll be on the screen, so follow along. Um, and, uh, and so here we go. Isaiah chapter 54, I'm going to start in verse 1. Sing, O barren one who has not given birth. Burst into singing and shout, you who have not travailed, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married one, says Adonai. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tabernacle curtains, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right hand and to the left, your offspring will possess the nation and will resettle the desolate cities." Fear not, for you will not be ashamed, nor cringe, for you will not be disgraced, for you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will remember the reproach of your widowhood no more. For your maker is your husband, Adonai, the Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He will be called the God of the earth, for Adonai has called you back, like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of one's youth that is rejected, says the Lord your God. I want to press pause there. There's so many good things here. He's saying this, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out your tabernacle curtains. Do not hold back the length. He's saying this. Here's the deal. When we feel rejected and alone and without hope, we're going to keep it just right here. And the Lord is saying, I love you so much. Stretch out the, the, the corners of your tent as if the Lord's going to bless you more than you could ever understand. Walk by faith, not by sight. We're going to skip down to uh, verse 10. Though the mountains depart and the hills be shaken, my love will not depart from you, nor will my covenant of peace be shaken, says Adonai, who has compassion on you. Afflicted one, storm-tossed, unconsoled, behold, I set your stones in anonymity. Lay your foundations with sapphires, make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and your walls of precious stones, and your children will be taught by Adonai. Your children will have great shalom. I'm going to finish up here in verse 14. In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear and from terror for it will not come near you. Behold, anyone fiercely attacking is not me. Whoever stirs up strife with you will fall because of you. Behold, I created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its work, and I created the destroyer to ruin. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I'm going to stop there for a minute. No way. He's saying this. He's trying to express just the depth of his love. It's like none of this destroying, none of this evil is coming from me. And he's saying this, in fact, about, about we love this verse, no weapon that's fashioned against me shall prosper. He's like, I created the smith. Everything was made, I was, so it couldn't possibly hurt you. 
No weapon that the smith can fashion can prevail against you. Why? Because I made the smith. I, I made them. In anonymity, he created you. All right, I need to, need to move on. We're going to read chapter 50. This one's just for fun. 55, uh, verse 1. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the water, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Skipping down to verse 12. Yes, you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break, before, uh, break forth before you singing, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up, and instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up, and it will be a memorial to Adonai as an everlasting sign that will never be cut off. Breaking forth with joy. Now here's where we're going to land because I'm skipping to chapter 56 here. And here he expands the description of his love. Because up to this point, we have this idea that he's, that he's focusing just on the, the select few, just Israel. And in chapter 56, he expands the, the depth of his love, this, the revelation here in 56. And skipping to verse 3, it says this. Do not let a son of a foreigner who has joined himself to Adonai say, Adonai will surely exclude me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says Adonai, The eunuchs who keep my Shabbat, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, I will give to them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name. Better than sons and daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. Also, the foreigners who join themselves to Adonai to minister to him and to love the name of Adonai and to be his servants, all who keep from profaning Shabbat and hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable to my altar, for my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. And Elohim, who gathers the disappoint, dispersed of Israel, declares, I will still uh, I will gather still others to him who are those already gathered. All right. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff there. Up to this point, we've been talking about unsung heroes. We've been talking about people like, I've just been unrecognized. I'm singing this part. I'm doing this faithfully. And I, it's just, I feel like nobody's noticing I'm assuming you know the value of your part. But today I just want to focus. Maybe you're here today and you don't feel there is, you're, you don't feel like an unsung hero because you don't feel like there's any value in what you're doing anyway. There, why, of course I'm, I'm not, nobody's singing songs about me. There's nothing that I'm doing or have done that's worthy of a song. You feel like, this is, this, is where, this is where Isaiah hones in on the foreigner. You feel like a foreigner to God's favor, to his grace, to his love, to his purpose. And God says to you, if you, you feel like a foreigner, don't stand far off. It's like, don't stand far off as if I don't love you. Like you're unworthy. Listen, 
The depth of the Lord's, his love is what makes you worthy. Value is determined by what? What somebody's willing to pay for something. Am I right? Okay? Value is determined by what somebody is willing to pay for something. I watched this special about diamonds. Diamonds are actually worthless. They're just rocks in the ground. And yet, there's a, there, this is the hope diamond, and yet they place a value of it of $200 million. Well, why on earth, what's, why on earth is that worth $200 million? Because that's what somebody would pay for it. Somebody has paid that for it. I want you to get your eyes off yourself for a minute. To determine your value, to determine your worth, we often look at what I've done, what I've said, who I am. And then if I don't measure up, I'm a foreigner. I'm cut, I'm cut off. I'm, I'm not a whole lot. That's not what we're talking about. God's love for you is worth what he would pay for you. And he paid the price of his only son. So desperate, folks. Again, I can't tell you how much he loves you. But it, it, it's so profound that he would give his only son for you. That's what he already paid for you. For you. For you. You are so valuable to him. He loves you. He's desperately in love with you. Hebrews says that for the joy, talking about Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You were the joy set before Jesus to endure the cross. That's your value. That's your worth. Don't let the enemy convince you you're a foreigner. I want to expose this lie to you. When you believe lies of unworthiness, that you're a waste of space, a waste of time, that you're not valuable, what you are saying, you're allowing the enemy to convince you that you're a foreigner to God's love. You're a foreigner to God's love. That's a lie. You are God's beloved. Don't continue to stand out in the cold. If you knew that your child was out in the winter storm, you would drop everything and get out there and go get them. And yet when we tell the Lord, when we're like, I'm not worth much, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if the Lord loves, I'm saying I'm a foreigner and I'm out in the cold. Listen, he has swam the ocean for you. He would walk 500 miles and he would walk 500 more. Listen, he loves you. He loves you. You are his daughter. You are his son. The Lord is coming after you today. You didn't show up here by mistake. He desperately wants you to know how much you love. He's loved by you. Love. He's loved. He loves. He loves you. And then here's where I want to land. I want to land on eunuchs and Yad Vashem. I told you, I mentioned that today's, today's message is called Unsung Heroes, Yad Vashem. Now, I don't think many of you know this word, Yad Vashem. Um, unless you've been to Israel, and then you probably still don't know what the word means. You just know that it's a museum in Jerusalem that's dedicated to the Holocaust survivors. 
Well, this word, Yad Vashem, is spoken here. We actually read it in the book of Isaiah when he's talking about the eunuchs. So I want to talk about eunuchs today, which is a fun topic in church. <laughs> yes, folks, a eunuch is somebody who has had their reproductive organs chopped off, all right? I, I don't want to go into a whole lot more details than that, but, uh, but here's the deal. Isaiah here in uh, chapter 56, God specifically addresses the eunuchs. Now, eunuchs in, in this day and age, and throughout history, as a matter of fact, they, they were, some of them were eunuchs by choice so that they could serve in the palaces and they would have their reproductive organs taken off. But for the most part, I'd say 99.9% .9 of them, it was not a choice, it was forced upon them. When you would take slaves, if they were going to serve in the palace, many of them, you would turn them into involuntary eunuchs. Why? For a number of reasons. But the primary reason that you would turn somebody into a eunuch as your slave, as your servant, is because it broke their will to live. It broke their will to have any sort of, sort of uh, hope for their future. And now, now you can come and serve me. In fact, you can serve the concubines. It doesn't even matter because you're not a threat to me anymore. Imagine this. If, if I am in, in, in the palace of the king of Babylon, and I'm not a eunuch, they're still hoping me. If I get out of here one day, man, I, I, could, I could have a wife. I could, I could have kids. I, I could develop my own dynasty. I could be something. But a eunuch had no hope. There's no reason. There's no chance of offspring. There's no chance of developing anything beyond the now. And so it was a way to make people resign themselves to this servitude to the palace. I'm not a grandfather, praise the Lord. But I am told, I, I, I heard it put this way by somebody who had just become a grandfather. They said, when they, when they held their first grandchild in their hands, they suddenly felt immortal. Like, like things will live on after me now. There is a legacy and there's a dynasty. And I thought that was a very profound way to put it. Um, a eunuch had no hope. This is, the, this is the complete cutting off of any future, any dynasty, any family, anything. And to them, here's what God says. He's talking to the eunuchs and he says this, I will give you Yad Vashem. That's where the word comes in. It's the Hebrew word. It's a profound Hebrew word and it means this, a memorial and a name. To the eunuchs, to the ones that have nothing who could never, fit, like, with all hope is gone, you're completely cut off, you're, there's no chance that you could possibly have any sort of legacy. What does God say? I love you so much, Yad Vashem. I will give you a name. I will give you a memorial. I will, you will never be forgotten. In fact, I will give you an everlasting name. That's how much I love you, he says. In Jerusalem, again, there is a, there is a museum. It's called, it's the Holocaust Museum. 
It's called Yad Vashem, a memorial and a name. And they're like, let's never forget what happened to all these people that were cut off, all these people who lost everything, who had no chance of a legacy. And so they took this powerful Hebrew word out of the book of Isaiah, Yad Vashem. Never, we'll never forget. They'll have a name and a memorial forever. When we love somebody, when we, when we have a deep love for somebody, we never want them to be forgotten, do we? Am I right? We want them to be remembered in our hearts and in the hearts of those around us. We, this Yad Vashem thing. Stephanie mentioned this earlier, but this week, uh, our Emma had, a, had this moment. She's just crying, and she's like, I can't remember Grandma. And, and as a dad who, loves his, who loved his mom, of course this did something in my heart. I'm like, oh, my. Oh, and I sat down with her. I'm like, oh, Grandma loved you so much. Got a picture. I put it in her room. She did this with you. She loved to play Play-Doh with you. This and this. Why do I do this? Yat Vashem, you got to remember her. I want, I want to pass this legacy down because I love her and I love you. you got to know. I love you. I'll never... You, and, so, and so we just had this, this, this beautiful moment. Why? It's hard to explain this kind of love, but this is the love that the Lord has for you. Oh, you got to remember so-and-so. You'll never be cut off. Every year in Ferndale, there's, we got our old settlers parade. There's always this, this moment where, where the, uh, those fallen in battle, there's this moment where people march with their pictures. If you've never, never seen that. Um, it's a profound moment. It's, it's these people like, don't forget what this person did. There's one picture in particular that I always look for. It's Aaron Amat, who uh, was a, ch a child of this house. He died in Afghanistan. But uh, he, I remember him as a kid. And, and his family, they want you to, they want, don't forget what he, don't forget him. Yad Vashem, a memorial and a name. This is how the Lord feels about you. Some of us here today, you feel like you've gotten to a point where, you know what, you've, you've worn out your use, or you've done something and you're completely cut off, like you're done. And there's no hope for you. There, like, listen, I've got to the point, there's no way my life could turn out to be anything profound. I feel cut off. I feel like a eunuch in the palace. And I'm just going through the motions. And the Lord would say to you, if you follow me, if you will accept my love, I will give you a memorial and a name. That's the depth of his love for you. He is a redeemer. I don't have any hope. You have all the hope in the world. I like to play this game with my kids. It's called war. And maybe you've played this. You just have a deck of cards, and you each take half of them, and you flip over the top one. Whoever has the biggest one wins, right? So I want, when you flip that ace over, and it's you, or the king or the queen, you're like, yeah, I'm the best. But if you flip a two or a three, you're like, <laughs> right? Listen, in God's hand, it doesn't matter what he flips over. It may look like a two. He wins. You may feel like your life has just flipped over a two, and you're like, what? There's no hope. And he's like, you win. You cannot be cut off. You are grafted into the vine. 
his desperate love for you. Folks, would you respond to it today? He loves you so much. Remember me. Yad Vashem, a memorial, and a name last week I mentioned, the thief on the cross. This was his heart's cry. He was cut off from the world. He was, being, he was being crucified, the thief, for what he did and what he deserved. Listen, you may have done something. You deserve to be cut off. I want to read to you the, this, this instance on the cross. It's in Luke chapter 23. It says this, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under a sa the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting and what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, here we go. Then he said to Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly today, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Remember me, Lord, Yad Vashem a memorial and a name, everlasting name. He loves you. You will never be cut off. You will never be forgotten. He is not too far. He's, he remembers you. You are an eternal memorial before him. He loves you desperately. You are remembered. You are fully known. You have an everlasting name. If you will come and give your life to Jesus. Desperately loved. Stephanie, I'm going to have you come up, please. We're just going to respond uh, just by singing one more song of worship to the Lord. We've been, we've been talking in this series about unsung heroes. And I want to leave you with this. It's out of Zephaniah 3.17. It says this, The Lord God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but rejoice over you with singing. Talk about unsung heroes. There's not one in Jesus. He is singing your song. <laughs> Get a picture of that. The God who created everything is singing over you. That's his love. Now again, I don't I, I, I said from the beginning, I don't know how to put this into words. But if you'll stand with me, I want to sing a song of love to the Lord. I want, you, I, I want this to be a time with you and the Lord. I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart today just to remind you how much He loves you. Would you respond to Him today? in worship and say yes say I love you too Lord Stephanie would you lead us See?
Church, do you believe God loves you? I'm going to ask again. I want you to say yes, and I want you to say it out loud because faith comes by hearing, and I think you need to hear yourself say it. Do you believe that God loves you? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything other than God loves you, oh, I love you, is not from him. The lies of of no worth, the lies of no value, the lies of no purpose, that's not the voice of your heavenly father. He'd swim all the way to Hawaii for you. Or go to Alaska and walk there if that's what it takes. He would do anything. And he's been pursuing you your whole life. Open your arms back to him. Walk in that value. Walk in that value. Because he loves you. He loves you. God bless you. As you walk in his love, challenge yourself. Do not let anything come out of your mouth today that contradicts what God says about you. Speak that faith. Speak it. You're not always going to feel it, but the truth remains. Abide in it. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.